are back for a special episode of That's Haram. I don't have Corey with me today. Instead, I have my friend Catherine, who has written for us and has written for Pace Magazine to talk about the writer's strike because it's very haram. And I have not had a chance to sit down and write about the writer's strike. Haha, right? And so I figured I'd bring Catherine on because she would be the perfect person to sit down and talk with me. And we're just going to talk about the writer's strike and the SAG after strike and what's happening in Hollywood. This is going to be a very chill conversational episode, but we will include links, as always, in the post down below. And if you have any questions, you know where to find us on Discord. So, Catherine, what are your thoughts and how do you feel about the fact that we are past 100 days of the writer strike, making it the second longest strike? No, third longest, technically, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think because this one in the 60s was longer. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, it is not looking great. Um, I would say <laughs> that, honestly, it's kind of a situation where, uh, like, you know, the last strike ended at 100 days. Yes. Because, and like, you don't end something at 100 days without basically being ready to end it at least 10 days before that. Yes. Um, yes. And so, like, no, there's like hitting 100 and there just being like absolutely nothing that could ever happen to end it anytime soon is not like a huge like reassurance, um, especially with the fact that like, you know, the WGA has gone back to negotiating. Um, whether or not that's going well, we don't know. Like, we just know that they're in the process of doing something. But, like, SAG, like, the WGA is, can can get whatever deal, but, like, SAG is still on strike. It doesn't matter if the WGA is, like, okay, we can go and write all our episodes or movies or whatever. Like, the actors still can't do any work or anything at all, and so nothing will get made. Um, And I just, I have to wonder, obviously, we are in such a different landscape than we were 15 years ago when the last strike happened. But you have to wonder, like, when will it hit the AMPTP that, like, they can't make money unless they have more content to sell to the public. Um, I don't know why that hasn't hit them yet. I don't know. Maybe they're just flush with cash that they say they don't have. But, right. Um... <laughs> because the whole refrain this whole time is that we are poor and we ain't got no money, even though we're making record profits. And like, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't uh... know who's, br- I mean, I don't know. I, there's also the there's always the thing of like, do is the AMPTP even united on anything? Which I think, I believe it was Seth Rogen who was on the picket lines mm-hmm. who said something about that where he was like, at the end of the day, the writers and the actors are all coworkers. And when we are done with this, we will go back to being coworkers and like being in working relationships that have to be functional. But like right. the AMPTP are like enemy businesses. Like they right. have to come to an agreement that they like when they are each other's competitors and so like that is the advantage that both of the unions have right but, like at the same time we need to get over ourselves as as studios because it's not there's nothing that i like there's nothing r- truly unreasonable that is being asked of them no, absolutely not. And we'll and we'll share crazy. all of the stuff in the in the post, of course. I think part of it too, you know, I kind of started this episode off with the assumption that people listening would know what's happening. But the the long version short is that AMTP, wow, so many letters. AMPTP, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep. Oh, look at this. Um, is the organization of all of the big studios that negotiates every three year, three years with 
actually all the unions. Uh, it's just that the three-year period is different for different unions. So IATSE, which is the theatrical union, and those are all the people who are in the crew. SAG-AFTRA, which is, of course, our actors. WGA, which is our writers. And then the DGA, which is our directors. And they actually made a deal and for nothing because two weeks later, the strike started because their deal is also not great. So DGA is just sitting around waiting for things to do while SAG-AFTRA and WGA, of course, are going to be picketing until I mean they will pick it until this ends and they will continue to go because if WGA and SAG-AFTRA and then in the context of that DGA getting some of the pros even though their contract is booty uh there is no there's no Hollywood because this is yeah. an existential existential threat and I think part of what's interesting to your point about what Seth Rogen said is that there has been a lot of conversation about well what if the broadcast companies pulled away from AMPTP and said, okay, well, you know what, ABC, NBC, Fox, whatever, we'll get together and we'll do something because we need broadcast television to stay afloat. But the problem is, you know, years ago, for those of y'all who've been reading my TV coverage, no, everybody and their mother did vertical integration. So ABC has its own streaming. NBC has its own streaming peacock. So now there's not even a way to actually really set people, set the companies apart because they're all technically all one company. And yep. frankly, the collaborations of these companies coming together under AMPTP is just one. It's like essentially the worst family ever because everyone's fighting each other, but you still want mom's approval. And in this case, Mama's Carol Lombardi, yeah. who is the negotiating <laughs> chairperson, director, whatever the proper terminology is for AMPTP. And so now we're just kind of stuck in the situation where you're right. They need more content. And technically the assumption is that there's enough stuff that's been filmed over the last two years and the you know backlog of trying to catch up after quote post covid at the same time i unfortunately like based on what i've been reading i really do think it's going to take until the first quarter where they have like negative numbers yeah for them to be like oh shit because then this unfortunately all of this is because of stockholders so when the stockholders are like yeah you guys got to get back together i think that's what's going to happen but yeah. that really sucks because it's going to take the time, yeah and at the time this episode is going to come out i think it's going to be 120 days for wga so where are we and what's that what is that going to do like um, that is yeah i i mentioned it in the article that i wrote for paste um but like the way that this strike will hit like just like the like linear television is so different because the last mm-hmm. strike like it started in november it started in the middle right. of filming like most writing was finished in like effectively yep. for those sh- for every show that got like cut off at the end like you know gray's supernatural mm-hmm. everything which are the only two that i can oh house god i don't even know like <laughs> big three of like what happened at the end of this season um right. But like, you know, the, the actors, one, the actors were on strike, so they could still film. Right. And most of the season was done. But like this strike started when most writers rooms were going to go back to start writing those new seasons for this year. Like Abbott Elementary was supposed to go back the day that the strike happened. Right. And like, right. and so you, like, not only do we not have, like, there is no backlog after like, what has already been filmed and made there mm-hmm. is no backlog for anything for the for the linear broadcast season um and that is like really i think people are going to realize once they hit fall because like summer is always a dead zone anyway right. um and is mostly i would say summer is since streaming has become like really viable has been dominated by streaming because like broadcast television doesn't have anything going on except for like 
shows that they push to summer that they know they're not going to renew. Right. And reality TV. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see what I'm assuming will be the real, I mean, we'll see if it'll be the reality TV boom. Um, Because, you know, there is the push for reality stars to unionize. And SAG after has said that, like, if you're a reality star, then SAG is your union. Um, Which I. And the crews are trying to unionize too. I mean, I think, interestingly, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. Catherine and I are in a Twitter a group chat with another one of our friends, and we used to every year during a friend season complain that things were boring. And then I think about how this might be all our fault. I'm obviously joking. Clearly, we have no power, but <laughs> we every year would be like, wow, give us something new. And then we got a strike. Yikes. But I do yeah. think it's interesting to point out the bit about the summer programming where the idea is people are going to catch up because a lot of people aren't in school. You know, a lot of the people who are viewers, obviously, like people who are, who are working still have to work full time jobs, but there's a lot more quote unquote time available, or that's always been the idea about the summer and the whole reason why tv even starts in september as i've written about is because of automobile companies wanting to advertise so now i was reading recently that people who are thinking about if you work backwards from a certain date at what point can you get tv onto tv if that makes sense is like september which we are hitting in next week so i like if they want 10, 13 episodes, they're going to have to start in September. If they want to push it and be like, well, we're cool, we're just getting 10 episodes, then they'll have to, you know, they can push it a little bit longer. And I think part of the issue is that AMPTP definitely seems like they're just going to hold out because they just want to, because they don't want to lose any of their money. But it's such a short-sighted thing. Like, yes, capitalism, the whole reason we're in this problem is because of that. But if you are going to ruin your entire system for just this 2023 period there will be nothing to air next year you will not have anything to film next year because everyone will have already left for other things in their lives because unfortunately people are losing their homes like billy porter can't make rent because it's not like just you being on a show makes you money it's like 87 percent of the sag after can't even freaking get insurance because they don't make enough during the year to be covered by insurance um it's a mess and i honestly if you i think that like the biggest like the easiest way to like really realize that like actors doing acting like Mm -hmm. like like solely acting like did not make a lot of money is like look at how many like if you look at how many brand deals a-list celebrities have like that is where they're getting their money like zendaya except for like her like maybe like the second season of euphoria where she got like a million dollars no she's getting a million dollars episode for season three if it ever happens but like she didn't get all of her money from like being on euphoria she probably got more money from like eping it than she did being on it for season two but she is like a brand ambassador for so many things like mm-hmm. she's getting her money from smart water she's not getting her money from hbo well and it's like when i see people in cameo or exactly oh gosh, yeah. the number of times that i've seen people patrick j adams the guy on suits i saw him on an advertisement for one of those phone games and oh, yeah. actually hilariously enough i also saw rick hoffman the other guy from suits he was on the he was it was a cameo ad so like this is the wildest part about it is that it's not just oh like we're doing sponsorships with these random mobile games the companies for the mobile games are putting in requests through cameo to get actors oh to pretend like they're playing these phone games and it's the one where it's you know you can play it off of wi-fi and there's no ads which is partly why it's one of those things where it's like the idea is it's going to get more people to play it and it's um a match three like the king his yeah. royal like oh yeah. yeah yeah so i saw i saw i saw rick lois lol and then i saw patrick j adams later and i was like 
how is Patrick J. Adams, who is like an active actor and like director and does all these things, having to, and I don't want to use the term stoop low, but like essentially, why are you on Cameo doing like $300, $500 gigs for a mobile phone? And I, well, and that's, so that's the thing, because they could just actually pay him. Right. <laughs> so they're not even going it. through like proper channels to like get an advertising deal. Like they are paying, they're underpaying him for a brand deal, essentially. And so if we have all these people who are doing that, and these are people who we know by name or by face, uh, we are in a bad place. Yeah. This is this is this is the bad place, in fact. And I think it's gonna be interesting too, because for background actors, and, and I think part of the hard part, like COVID, of course, is awful for all of the reasons, but had COVID not happened, the WJ would have in fact struck last time. Oh, because yeah. they would have been able to do the contract negotiations and get a lot of these problems solved. I don't know if Sag after would have been there because I think uh for those of you who have been following along and those of you who haven't, Fran Drescher, who is the president of Sag after totally thought that they were gonna negotiate in good faith, which was a mistake on her part. But once she realized that they were totally gonna screw her and her union, she, you know, immediately turned to, yeah, we're gonna have to do what we need to do. And it's now been of course giving like the best speeches on the planet. Cause when she's right, she's right. When she's wrong, it's like please stop talking. So <laughs> Um, it's very interesting to see, you know, even SAG after leadership, I think for the most part, publicly, we're very much like, you know, we're willing to come to the table and do what we need to do. And then they extended the, and by they, I mean, AMPTP extended the negotiations so they could get the Barbie and the Oppenheimer movie PR. Yeah. Press. Which like, and is, then that was it, you know, I'll say not even like in their, not even, not to, not even in their favor, not even like, in a like a, like it's like, okay, well, like, Barbie, like, helped revitalize the American economy, kind of, but, like, really, at the end of the day, the, like, the seven, what is it, like, a, like, a, like, a seven billion, no, I don't know, whatever the, like, whole, like, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Barbie phenomenon that happened that, like, gave, like, seven billion dollars to the U.S. economy, like, the AMPTP still dug a three billion dollar hole in the California economy, and that's, like, the sixth biggest economy in the world, so at the end of the day, like, the move, like, people were gonna go see Barbie anyway, Right. But like, I, yeah, it's so, and also, you know, like, there are at least, at least, I'm begging for them to delay Dune, but like, there are at least like, there's at least one movie that I know that's like, that's supposed to, that was supposed to be like Oscar bait that got delayed. Right. Like, right. Challengers got delayed. That was Oscar bait, for sure. And the fact that it got delayed to April of next year, like, they, they, what, like, why? Why even, de- why go through the work of delaying a movie when you could just right. ne- actually negotiate with SAG-AFTRA? Right. <laughs> Especially considering they didn't delay Blue Beetle and yeah. did not care even though everyone asked them to. And so now we're in this really weird situation where, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like quite literally hot labor summer and also it is so freaking hot outside. Like people oh are my melting. God, I and I yeah. think- one of the things that hasn't been written about as much, or at least I haven't seen it because I don't see everything and I do have to dissertate, which takes up so much dang time. I just want to read other things with my life hours <laughs> is um, the fact that like psychologically, like everyone is literally one thing away from like fracking because I don't understand, or let me phrase, I don't think that the AMPT understands what we, you and I do is that at, at some point, this 100 plus days is going to turn into something where literally all of the people who are on strike are just straight up just gonna like stop giving a single solitary shit 
and it's going to turn into utter chaos because people are going to mm-hmm. lose their minds and and also not just them like the people who are honking on the street in support of obviously like, they care and so they're supporting the people who are striking but there have been people like early on someone tried to run over a, a, a striker right and so yeah. we have all of these things happening and at some point especially in LA and in New York where the two big like strike hubs are it's gonna end up unfortunately turning into a really bad situation and I don't think that really there's I, I mean I don't know because the person I was talking about it, but like I hope that there's been some behind the scenes thinking about like how do we make sure that we keep our local folks safe and then also think about like engaging the local folks because I think with LA like you have to drive everywhere <laughs> so you could just drive and hawk and like see people on the bridge or whatever and like New York to some extent obviously like people are driving like clearly but there's a lot more walkability in New York and so people who mm-hmm. are randos can like see like oh there's these people striking like I wonder what that's about especially if they're not paying attention to social media so I, I yeah. it's just it is definitely a stressful and I think partly too the sad part is even if and when I mean I should say when I hope when <laughs> I really hope yeah when, they um legit start negotiating like WGA is gonna have to concede some things that they want and so then the fear is what are those concessions going to be yeah exactly yeah it's I don't know there's so much like because all of the stuff that they asked for is like needed yes there's nothing that they they there's nothing that's extra to counter we don't care let me see if I can find the document because I will read some of it to y'all it's just so ridiculous yeah Um, it is so I mean like because looking at the last strike the one thing that they I believe if I'm remembering correctly the one thing that they didn't manage to like pump up were dvd residuals which like yes. in the grand scheme of things there was it doesn't no matter way of, now it doesn't matter now just like there was no way of knowing that back then but like it's like yeah. okay well at least you got like the streaming residuals because that really does matter now even yes. if you know like yes. but like that's the thing is it's like streaming residuals much like the federal minimum wage right. should maybe inflate <laughs> right. with the value of what is being you know like what right. it's had and like when right. you have people getting paid the same pennies that they were paid 15 years ago right that Even doesn't really actually make more. any sense like and you know like the fact that like you look at like you know the structure of mini rooms and the like fact that tv is short now and like i really think that like you know if you look at suits being like the biggest thing on streaming maybe that's because each season has a normal amount of episodes and people like watching tv with 20 plus episodes like you can actually develop a story you can actually do something that is interesting and flesh out all your characters and have like an interesting ensemble cast and like if you have an ensemble cast you need 20 episodes to make people care and you can't do that if you have like eight or ten or like sticks like marvel which i still will never be over it's the <laughs> dumbest episode count of all time i like oh that's a movie like it's a movie oh whatever but yeah no, I, I agree and i think it's also interesting to think about the fact that like the reason why suits is doing so well is because there's a billion episodes to watch so people are just mm-hmm. like letting it run versus the number of minutes at which okay can we also talk about how ridiculous it is that netflix counts it as minutes just tell me how many hours that is i'm not yeah. doing the math Tell me how many hours is 373 million minutes or whatever the heck for, uh, I'm looking at TV Groom Reaper, he tracks all of this for but everybody. that so number is to. smaller, so it's a bad number. Like, right. it's an hour. 
shut up like oh <laughs> psychologically no one cares what these minutes mean but suits is working off of like i think half of the season is is on there right now hold on i'm looking real quick yeah so there's 136 episodes available so of course there's three million six hundred ninety eight no wait <laughs> sorry i can do math three million six hundred ninety eight million there we go <laughs> so many numbers are happening oh um God. And the commas threw me off. And in fact, you know, it's really funny, though. The next thing underneath it is Disney Plus is Bluey. 140 episodes, 1,333,000,000 minutes. So clearly yeah. Bluey is living its best life. But like, oh, for that's because sure. kids replay videos and kids' parents replay, like, which that's a whole separate essay for another day on Netflix and not having replayability for their kids' content, whatever. There's so many things we can talk about. But yeah. of course, Suits is going to have that many views. So you just have to let things run. Like, people will watch a billion hours of NCIS over 10 hours of don't get me wrong, I freaking love Julie and the Phantoms, but people are not going to sit and watch Julie and the Phantoms that many hours over and over again. It's just not happening. And so the kind of media that the streamers can make within the context of how little they want to pay means now that we don't have any of that space. But you were talking about mini rooms. So for those who don't know, mini rooms are essentially like small rooms that are for a short period of time. They write everything and then they are done and then the show gets filmed. And so the writers don't get to go on set and edit on the fly and like help with making sure that everything actually fits in the context of what's being filmed that day. Because on set, 1,001 things can change at the last minute and writers are there to help fix all of those changes in. And one of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? negotiation demands what have you clauses was pre-green light room so minimum staff are guaranteed at least 10 consecutive weeks of work instead of like two or three or four or whatever the really ridiculous short period is Mm -hmm. and the answer was rejected our proposals refused to make a counter similarly they did this like amptp did this for so many different things for the pension each member of a team gets pension and health uh, contributions as if they were writing as an individual. Rejected our proposal, refused to make a counter because what happens with team writers, these are usually two people writing together, they get paid the same as if they were one writer. So they are getting paid 50-50 and their health contributions are 50-50 even though they are two individual humans and they're supposed mm-hmm. to be getting 200% technically for doing the math that way. Again, refused our proposal, refused to make a counter. Uh, never mind artificial intelligence hot nonsense. Regulate use of artificial intelligence on the cover projects underneath this deal. AI can't write or rewrite literary material. It can't be used as source material. And the cover material can't be used to train AI. Rejected our proposal. Countered by offering annual meetings to discuss advancements in technology. Of course, now there was a lawsuit that just happened that states that AI material cannot, in fact, be copyrighted. So this will probably be adjusted over time to probably not be as much of an issue i just don't know because i haven't well, read the also the yeah. detail if it's generative versus like there's so many kinds of ai but either way like this that does you know kick them in the butt a little bit which is good but so also, many of like the, the things... idea of a meeting yes. what do you mean a meeting <laughs> you don't even go to your regular hr meetings um just it's and, and and sag after had the same exact experience i'm gonna pull theirs up too Sag after they were like, yeah, we're not going to talk to you about it. And so there's t-shirts t- t- about, <laughs> there are t-shirts about that are like, oh, we should, we should do this too. Um, and it just is rejected. And it's, every time I see it, it honestly reminds me of six beheaded, dead, survived. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this would be a great t-shirt. Um, but yeah, like, what is this, what is this behavior? MTPT? Like, it what is are you doing so, with your lives? it is just like so weird of like, it is like, I have no other word for it than delusional yeah like it really is like I 
it i i guess when you get used to like taking advantage of and exploiting the people who make you money for so right. long then you right. just think they're gonna like lay down and like maybe the pandemic fooled them because right. like they there was no ability you can't you can't strike when there is a pandemic with no vaccine that right. just you have to just like cut your losses and like hope you don't get covid before right. like we can prevent death um right. so maybe they were just like just had complete blinders on I just like there's no way that I can imagine looking at like the demands and thinking yeah no about all of them and maybe I am just like a normal person I don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) like maybe I'm just normal maybe like I just like understand how the world should probably work a little bit, but like that you can't just like look at the people who like make you money and say, actually, no, like I'm not going to pay you what you like deserve or even a fraction of that. Actually, I'm going to make you like stop like doing the work that you won. You don't, you don't do creative work without liking it. Right. Like you don't sign up to be a screenwriter or an actor unless you're like I with the exception of like child actors you don't sign up for that unless it's something that you want to do like that is not like a thing and like then you know like why should the people who like I mean like you when you're a screenwriter you give up the copyright of your work right to the studios no one want no one does that for fun right like you want to do this because you love doing it and you should be able to be paid to like survive off of that. And there are like, there was this woman, I forget what her, what her name was, but she is like from a, her father was a screenwriter and now she is a screenwriter. And she was like, my dad was able to like support our family off of screenwriting when I was a kid. And I like can barely afford this apartment and I'm freelancing. Right. Um, and like, that right. is sort of just like the, I think the best way to look at it where it's like, yeah, like you can create like, maybe not generational wealth, but like, gen- like generational safety as yeah, like, like financial safety for your family. If you were a screenwriter, like in the nineties or the early two thousands, but like, you can't do that now. And it hasn't been that long. And like, that is not something that is like good for the industry or good for anyone. And at right. the same time, like it also then, I think, you know, un- in an unfortunate slash fortunate loop around, like, you have these writers who are so used to freelancing mm-hmm. and doing side jobs that like, of course they're going to be able to like hold out for a strike with like the financial support of like the general pop, like, you know, like people donating to like strike funds or just like right, also the WGA right. having their own strike fund that they use right. to like, you know, like of course they're going to be able to make it longer. They also have other jobs, which like you having two jobs is not like, supposed to be a thing that everyone does that is not supposed to be normal but like it has become the norm in this industry and a lot of other industries right because everything's just gig work now everything is just gig work now which is so bad like you want people to like stay at the jobs that they're at and become good at them like that is the point of skilled labor right I don't like and I think I just wanted to say like even in the most cynical approach like what again this is what I said earlier like if AMPTP wants to screw everyone for this year okay fine I understand that in a very nearsighted way but what will you do in 10 years when there's no one working because if you quote have AI do everything unquote which you know kind of this very very cynical approach to how they're thinking about creating art 
there will not be anyone to watch your things to make money because yes, there will be people who go watch that stuff who don't know any better or are paying attention, but most people are not going to continue to watch, oh, there's an AI actor in this AI movie written by an AI writer, written by an AI director. And that in that context, all of those written by, doing by just means plagiarized. It's yeah. just a, it's just mechanical throwing out copy pasta for lack of a better word. You know what? You know what I would read though? I would read ridiculous AI creepypasta. That oh, yeah. I feel like would be hilarious. But besides that, I'm not reading squat. And you know, it's not just Hollywood, it's every industry. And I think that's the other part of it is that, you know, I, I see because both of us are also so Catherine and I are both in the book world and especially in the context of how publishing <laughs> the industry is just as disgusting and broken. Yeah. Um, and there's so many parallels and frankly copying one another, but in the US because of antitrust stuff, writers can't, in this context, writers of books and publishing can't strike. And so there's not really a huge way forward. And even the HarperCollins, which is a big publication uh, publisher, that strike, the people who were part of the union have been fired. And so there's no recourse in any of these situations. And you know, what's really bonkers to me, this is the one piece that even though I understand everything else, I cannot wrap my mind around. How has it been this many decades that Hollywood has gotten away with paying people late and no one has done anything? Like, yeah, that's insane. I can't believe what? <laughs> Like, I can't, like, like what do you mean and then you also have the thing where what was what show was he on um the guy who was on living maddie was like oh yeah disney only pays us 88 percent of the minimum basic agreement because they don't have to they don't have to pay us like if, like if after like for the first three seasons of a disney show they are allowed to pay 88 percent of minimum basic agreement and then they if you look at like it was like every Disney show that has gone past four seasons, I believe, right, right, has rebooted with a subtitle. So it's the yep. same show, but it's Hannah Montana Forever or The Sweet Life on Deck or Live and Maddie Cali style or like whatever. Like which like that one really is like that is a cop out name. Picks like really Cali style. You guys were scrambling for something, but like that's wild to me that like they are just allowed to do that. And these are ch- one child actors. Right. So they're not getting paid anyway and like they're you know like <coughs> yeah me. we have protections for child yeah, actors but, but the like, protections are are, are outdated and bad <laughs> i mean like you know like to like keep it short Jeanette mccurdy talks about how her mom just like yes. never gave her a coogan account like yes, that's insane yes. and i and also you know like what was it um will wheaton also when he was on star trek and was uh he was under 18 for a significant portion of it when he was on a next generation um and he has talked about how he went to his parents like you know when he was like in his 20s and was like where's my money from when I was on Star Trek and they were like oh we spent it all like there aren't actual real protections um wage wage theft is the biggest theft in the damn world like it's wild and and like you know in regards to Disney they don't get residuals either right like uh, no like I it is so like it I think you know, obviously the studio system from like back in the, the olden days of Hollywood, mm-hmm. like way back in the day, um, like it was not good because everything was owned by the same people. Like it's a big antitrust nightmare. But now you right. have this very similar antitrust nightmare um, where everyone in order to get around antitrust laws has gone through these loopholes um, that no one is patching up. 
and it just gets messier and messier because the more loopholes you go through, the more loopholes you can find. Um, and where is the money going? Like, it's going somewhere. It, it's not going to the people who really, like, deserve it at the end of the day. Right, right. Well, and, and I think that's the other thing, too, is that at the end of the day, <laughs> even the most hyper-capitalist bro is not going to be like, oh yeah, CEOs absolutely deserve seven bazillion dollars. Like that's just not a thing that's happening. And so yeah. to say that, oh, we don't have enough money and that's why we can't pay you. No, you have plenty of money. You're just giving it to the people who don't deserve it. And that's that. That's just the end of it, regardless of how you want to talk about it and whichever you know way we want to dice it. The problem is, is that the people who actually make the media, star in the media, direct the media are literally putting the damn lights on for the show mm-hmm. never mind the fact that you know i'm really interested to see how this is going to go for isc next year because okay god forbid this goes into next year isc is up next for negotiating their oh, next yeah. year contract so um and and isc actually last year not last year last time that they did their negotiations it was not a clear-cut popular vote of yeah we support this contract by the way it was, I think something like, I'm not, don't quote me on this. I want to say it was like really close because the popular vote, the popular vote, sorry, the yeah. population vote <laughs> of IIT was one thing. And then the union leadership vote was another. And so it, there's a lot of people who I see are like, yeah, we didn't want that deal. We would have struck if our leadership had allowed us to struck. And I'm actually going to include a link that's really long, but really cool. And it literally outlines the reasons why IIT's leadership is kind of tomatoes. So I'm really hoping that that doesn't happen next year. But if this is going to be a continued thing, then it's, and if AMPTP truly is just not going to come back to the table, although they did last week, they haven't, I, we're recording this yeah. on Tuesday, the 22nd. They did not meet on Monday, so probably the next time they're going to meet is on a Friday. I am hopeful that by the end of this month, early into September, that we will get some information on what's going on. I appreciate a lot that the WGA is doing a a media blackout. We're not posting anything. We're not saying anything about it until we have real news to say. Because the other thing that we forgot to mention is that AMPTP owns all the dang media press sites. (laughs) Variety, everybody and their mother is owned by... AMPTP, so everything is going to be yeah, causing I problems. Mean, that article about um, about the writers not wanting like required minimums for writers' rooms was like the like if you look at the article and they're like some they're like the they're like the writers guild wants this, but like some of the writers yeah. kind of don't. And then yeah. every like literally every writer on Twitter was like, "What are you talking about?" And yeah. like there was like I'm trying to think of like a show that has like one like there are there are two shows with one showrunner that I can think of right now one of them is good and one of them is euphoria right so you know and one of them is the you know what there's three one of them's the idol so you know what that's like two for two for three on bad like right is Mike White really good at writing the White Lotus yeah should have been a limited (laughs) series in my opinion kind of but you know what that's okay like I think that like if you went into those two rooms Mike White could like actually like do well with a writer's room I don't think that Sam Levinson would be able to write Euphoria if he had a writer's room because people would actually shoot down his ideas um that's the that's what I have to say about that that's me being nice um <laughs> I, I concur and all of these things that are written by one person have never actually truly been that good and we don't want to say anything because oh my god I almost just shot my water and my frustration no <laughs> okay we're good I just got this new laptop I literally would have just started crying in this audio okay um <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, I'm moving my water bottle now. Oh my God. Yes. What I was going to say, though, is plug for Maureen Ryan's Burn It Down, where she literally mm-hmm. talks about this idea that we have these genius you know, authors who need to be like trusted with everything, but really they're just not any of that. Yeah, I mean, I um, re- reading that book, that is honestly, that is like the one book that I could like recommend for like anyone going into the industry in any way possible, like journalism or just like actual production, like just like reading that and knowing how insidious Hollywood really is. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I like I could believe it, but my jaw was still on the floor. Like, and in the way that it's like, some of it is very active, like the blacklisting of Nicole Bahari, like that reading about that was like, I was in like, I was like, I like I knew, but like you like seeing the words on the page and like seeing how Maureen Ryan was directly like told about, like she was like in not like she wasn't like obviously like a perpetuator of this but she was like told parts of this story and like as she's like writing the chapter you see her like uncover all the connection as from like what she's been told by PR and like these actors and what actually happened and like all it's just yeah um but also you know it talks about how like even in the parts that aren't insidious and malicious like Hollywood is such a white man's club that like they won't change like with lost like a lot of the people who she talked to were like well yeah like of course no one was telling damon lindelof and jj abrams no like they were in a room with all of their white male friends right and even if they had like who was who are they gonna listen to there's no power the 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 whole issue with hollywood is that power is concentrated in these very 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 specific ways Mm -hmm. and there's no real just like with the wage theft there's no real system um that that there's no checks and balances like there's nothing to there is no like you know bureaucracy is like the worst but like it does serve a purpose mm-hmm. in places where like people are so overexploited and like does it maybe like create this like cycle of exploitation sure right. but also right. when you have no one like actually like trying in the first place how are we even gonna like know that it doesn't work like you have to try to like to fix something first before you decide it is a broken system and we have like like as an industry hollywood has like tried to fix things and they've not worked and they've tried to fix things and they haven't worked and we are back at the point where we have tried to do something and it has not worked and that's why everyone is on strike because like we need like there is no way that this is sustainable for anyone i don't see how i just don't i truly do not see how the amptp and the studios speed this as sustainable for themselves in any way possible like I don't see how they think that underpay like undervaluing the people that work for them is going to make them more money is yeah. going to make them better content is going to make which like I hate to call it content but like that's what it is to them yeah absolutely, like, absolutely. and like I just it's so weird to watch this just wave of like the 20 episode season going away but then shows with like eight to 13 episodes getting canceled after one season because there's like no audience for it but like you never allowed an audience to grow because everything is like there's like a need for instant financial gratification which you don't get if you don't let a show sit for a little bit and then give it a season two like look at the bear the bear had like is huge I watched the bear when it first came out and like 
some people were talking about it, but it wasn't everywhere. And it's right. and then people it, it's it got renewed and it sat for a year and then it came back with an even bigger audience. And like that's not something that really happens anymore because no one like lets TV just like sit. And I think that that is really, you know, obviously some shows are bad. Some shows should get canceled. Yes, absolutely. But like you do have to give TV a chance to like marinate. Like that's what's right. so good about linear television is that like you get people who get like hooked on something and like maybe some people are like, oh, I didn't start watching this show like when it came out, but I caught an episode near the end of the season and I want to go back and rewatch it. And I think that that is like, you know, what was nice about the CW uh, Netflix deal was like when the show ended where the mm-hmm. season ended a week later it would be on Netflix and like if you look at the numbers for Riverdale season two it had a huge premiere on broadcast TV it had insane right. ratings like they were right. at like off the charts and like that is how you build an audience and there's nothing left like you can't do that anymore because of the way that things are set up like there is no building an audience you can't with many rooms where you like write a pilot and then the next two episodes like you can write those and then the show can just never get made. Right. But like, how do you know that it's going to be like bad? You have, you don't know what's going to be bad. Like the act, like you didn't give the act. That's what pilots exist is so that you can see if it'll be bad. Right. Yeah. And you have to pay system, all those people. And our, and our system is just so ridiculous too, because we went from having a hundred something pilots being filmed and checked out to see if we were going to push them through. And you never know which pilots are actually going to land because it's just so dependent on factors outside of the control of the studios. And I think now the approach is, well, we're just going to do whatever the heck we want. We're going to put this on the, on, on, I say the internet because streaming is on the internet and then that's just going to be the end of it. But I also think it's really funny because so much of this conversation and the problems are related to Netflix being in charge and having so much power in the media and the industry However, the stuff that does really well in their top 10 is just the stuff that showed up in the last month. <laughs> it's just the stuff that's on the last month because when people see it's in the top 10, they need to go to watch it. And then it just keeps going to go back and forth. And that's it. Like the, the shows that do well don't necessarily do well because they are good shows. And obviously good is not an objective thing here. That's not really the point of yeah. the conversation. But if your entire premise for how you think about marketing and creating is we're just going to throw this on there and it, it'll do well if it does well versus we know that shows that we put up there will do well in the first 10, you know, first 30 days based on how we think about it. That Those are two totally different approaches to thinking about your the media that you're publishing especially yeah. for shows like julie and the phantoms or other shows that got canceled even though they quote did well in the context of how many minutes that were viewed their algorithm their expectation their ideas around how something quote does well is totally a cake to the rest of us right yeah. it's all vibes it has to do with how many people are watching and how many or whatever and etc and yeah, you can't fight probably- that but what you can't oh, find just getting data. <laughs> no, you can't. And I was also going to say it probably also has to do with like how much marketing they have to do. Because like some shows, I mean, some shows could do really well with a marketing push. I think that like an example of that is First Kill. Like First Kill yeah. was basically like marketed by like some of my mutuals on Twitter. Like, right, and right. it did really well after, like quote unquote really well. Um, and then Netflix, you know, was like, oh, actually we do care. Uh, marketing mm-hmm. wise but like you know they I from a like complete numbers business perspective 
you don't want to spend money to make money, which is stupid because you actually do have to spend money to make money. Um, so, you know, but like, you don't want to spend more than you think you have to. And so if you think a show is going to flop, it makes sense financially to not spend money on marketing it. But also yeah. you would think that when you realize that the show is not going to flop, that you would like take some time and reevaluate. Cause right. clearly that is not what happened. Like, I don't think, I just don't, I don't know. There's some, so many decisions that happen and I just think that they are bad. Um, and you know, for the state of television, it'll always be something. Um, and it cur- it sure is something right now. <laughs> right. Right. And I think ultimately just because we could sit here forever, but it is, we do have to leave eventually. Yeah. I think the saddest part, like obviously the fact that people are are having issues with paying the bills, like all of that obviously is not great, clearly. But I think one of the, the saddest things about this is that media and TV as we know it has not even reached a hundred years yet. No. So if this is what's happening now, because when you think about TV in the context of like the first TV show, like I Love Lucy and The Lone Ranger being in the forties, mm-hmm. um, like we are not even close. We still have a solid 15 years before we hit that point. And so if this is just within the first hundred years of TV being consolidated and made into this very specific approach of writing and creation. What, what is left for when we are old and crusty and the people under us come up next, right? Like what is going yeah. to happen for the people who want to break in now, but can't break in because it requires so much access like yeah. there are so many people who do like ask me anything and I'm going to explain this and I'm going to tell you how to do that. And so much of the advice is like, well, when I came up, you know, through Hollywood, I went to this really cool writers group or I was part of this really cool contest that CBS doesn't have anymore. And I'm going to do all of these things. And in 2020, because everyone and their mother was like, oh, my God, we care about DEI. You know, all of these companies, all the studios said that they would have these diversity clauses and all these things. And we don't have any data that's public of whether that worked. And if it did work, it doesn't matter because now everybody and their mother's on strike. So, yep. so and it's, it's not. It's just sad. Like it is a sad landscape. And it is so yeah. hard. It is so much harder to break into than it probably ever was because of the lack of like there you like you need to keep creative media like actually good. You need like fresh blood. And there is yeah. a huge lack of that because there are there's just a lack of jobs. Like you can't on a on like a twenty episode show there are a lot, there's a decent amount of people in that writers room. On a ten episode show mm-hmm. there's like four. You're not right. and they're all and you know because it's so limited you like the people producing it are going to be like well we want the best we can find so it's going to be really hard to like get a like you know a person who has just risen up from writer's assistant on a show like that and so like there's nothing like like friends or Seinfeld or the early days of Grey's anymore like you can't Mm -hmm. just like get somewhere there are people who like are on the picket line who are like I've been a writer's assistant for six years for like six different jobs and that's not how it's supposed to be you're supposed to be able to move up and like the fact that there is no upward mobility is very concerning and is I think you know that is one of the other huge issues with many rooms is it's like, yeah, like, you know, you're not only are you a veteran writer in a mini room, you're getting paid like you're not a veteran writer. And then because the show doesn't ever go anywhere most of the time, no one is getting paid. And so no one has a new job and everyone is just stuck, which is really terrible. Yeah. 
I, I could not have said it any better. <laughs> um, that was amazing. That is literally the rundown of what, that is literally why the WGA is like, everybody, you guys suck so hard because all the people who should have already moved up in the hierarchy has not been able to. And so this has been a problem, not just in the last three years in the making, but literally over the last decade that I have been paying attention. I mean, I've been paying attention longer, but like since the time that I've been taking, paying attention to TV as a wee middle schooler who had no idea what I was getting into when I was just watching The Mentalist yeah. <laughs> on CBS, <laughs> like who would have thought we'd be here now in 2023? And so I just hope that this episode was informational and entertaining and if you had no idea what was going on, you're like, wow, I just learned so many things. Um, but of course, Corey would be very disappointed in me if I did not tell you all that we have many other podcasts that are running. That's from we'll go back to being on hiatus until I graduate, uh, unless something else chaotic happens. I don't know. I don't really want something else as epic as the writer's strike to occur for me to come out of uh you know, a break. But anyways, we have All Bark No Dice, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Cannon Fodder is on hiatus as well, but will eventually be coming back. I have been told, hopefully I'm not wrong, Corey, don't correct me. Um, Fate Forge Academy is every Friday. We have Right to Survive that has episodes here and there, and we may or may not be having another podcast interview series starting soon so again i'll put all the links for everything in the post below and thank you for listening to us and Catherine, thank you so much for spending time with me i hope yeah, that you enjoyed the that's haram experience usually i say that's haram more often but you know it's, it, it's all very haram so exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bad it encompassed everything so okay cool <laughs>